Tiffany Schlein is known as a pioneer of the Internet. In 1996, she founded the Webby Awards, which have been dubbed the Oscars of the Web. In 2011, she released her first feature documentary. It was a film that explored the possibilities that can occur when so many people throughout the world are connected by being online. The same year, she developed the idea of cloud filmmaking, where people collaborate online to make films together there. Despite these accomplishments, though, perhaps she is best known for popularizing the concept of a technology Sabbath or a technology Shabbat, 24 hours unplugged from all screens, be they computers, TVs, or cell phones. In a recent interview, Tiffany Schlein spoke about the coming feeling that technology is, or the common feeling that technology is overpowering our lives, as if it's an external force that has enslaved us. We feel powerless in the face of something that we have created. She describes it this way. We seem to talk about technology as if it's other than us when we've created it. Technology is a reframing. It is an extension of our abilities. It's an amplification of our desire to connect, of our desire to do more. So it is us. And we are good, bad, and everything in between. So you can talk about technology as a force for bad, but you can also talk about it as a force for good. Or you could just talk about it as an extension of us. And if we're mindful about the way we use technology, we can shape it. And it's not something that's overtaking us. I think a lot of people talk about, oh, I'm so overwhelmed with technology. Well, you can turn it off also. And that's been a really profound thing for me. We need to have agency, she says. According to Schlein, the Internet is in its infancy, and so it's up to us to grow it up, to shape it and use it for purposes that make the world a better place. Just like we bring up a child, we need to shepherd the Internet to its maturity and infuse it with our own sense of character. This is what the Webby Awards are about. It's what making films collaboratively in the cloud is about setting a standard of excellence that brings the Internet to maturity in a positive way. As I listened to this interview recently, I was inspired by the idea, as obvious as it may be, that the Internet does not have to control us. Instead, we can claim our own agency. We can act in ways that shape us and the world around us. At its core... This is the hope of Pentecost. I think sometimes we hear today's passage from Acts and we think of the disciples' roles as fairly passive ones, as if the Holy Spirit came upon them and made them speak in tongues, as if they had no choice in the matter. But that's not exactly what Scripture says. We read, All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. The Spirit empowered them. It gave them both the ability and the courage to share God's love with the world. The important thing here, I think, for me is this. 
The Holy Spirit does not take away our agency. Instead, it frees us to use our own agency in ways that bring purpose and meaning to the world. Maybe this is what Jesus means when he says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. He's not piling on parental guilt here, saying, If you really love me, then you'll show me by doing what I ask you to do like a parent who wants their teenager to take out the trash or clean up their room. There's not too much good news in that. But perhaps these words of Jesus are ones instead of assurance, comfort, and promise. If you love me, if you are open to the work of the Holy Spirit within you, then you will be able to keep my commandments. Throughout Scripture and the history of the church, the Holy Spirit has been seen as a sanctifying force, as God at work in us, shaping us more and more into the people God created us to be, making us more holy. The problem comes when we think of holiness as an infusion of piety from above, or as some kind of otherworldly spirituality that is untouched by the life we lead. Holiness is not just something that we are given and then we possess it. It's not a static quality. Instead, it is something we become over time through our actions. The same was true of Jesus' own humanity. Some think that Jesus' humanity was actually not sanctified or made holy the very moment that it was brought into unity with the second person of the Trinity, with the Son of God. Instead, Jesus' humanity was sanctified over time through the living of his life, through the decisions he made and the actions he took. This is how the early church knew that he was divine. Not because he was born with a name tag that said, Hello, I'm the Word incarnate, but because the things that he did were unlike anything they had ever experienced in a human life. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. This is also how the disciples will recognize the presence of the Holy Spirit in them. Jesus says to them, Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these. I wonder if the disciples believed him that night before he died when he said these things. I wonder if they were surprised when with the gift of the Holy Spirit they were empowered to speak and to prophesy, to share their possessions freely, to heal those who were hurting, to reach out to those around them, to cross all the boundaries of Jew, Gentile, male, female, slave, and free, empowered to become one family, to love those who persecuted them, and to risk all they had for the good news of the gospel. Of course, those early followers weren't always open to the Holy Spirit. Like us, they messed up at times. According to scripture, there were times when they hid their assets from the group, or neglected to care for the orphans and the widows, or argued about their mission statement. But maybe after such false starts, they remembered the words of Jesus, and they remembered the strange events of that first Pentecost. Maybe they were then able to open their hearts to the Holy Spirit and try again to live a life shaped by the God who dwelt within them. 
today we gather actually to do that very same thing. To remember the gift of the Holy Spirit and to rekindle our hope that we can shape our lives after the way of Jesus. It's been 50 days since the glorious celebration of Easter, since we celebrated the freedom we have in Christ, since we felt that deep joy that it brings. But 50 days is a long time, and many of us have slipped back into our old habits and patterns. We've let our past hurts, our addictions, our expectations of worldly success, our loneliness, our busy schedules, our fear of failure and adequacy and rejection. We've let all that dictate who we are and what we can do. Like a New Year's resolution that fades in February, we may well feel overwhelmed and powerless to change the world around us for the better. But then Pentecost comes, reminding us that the same spirit that rested on Jesus at his baptism and swept through the believers almost 2,000 years ago, well, that's the same spirit that lives in us today, reminding us that this fact does not absolve us from action, reminding us that interior peace is not an excuse for indifference and piety is not synonymous with passivity reminding us that the coming of the Holy Spirit does not take away our own agency. Instead, it empowers us to claim our agency in the world and to act in ways that bring heaven to earth. It pushes us out into the world to love and serve God over and over again. And so on this day, when we say, Come, Holy Spirit, come, we also roll up our sleeves and get ready to work.